You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Thank you so much, teenagers, and all God's people said, Amen. That's a great song. And I uh, hope that you were blessed by that and uh, li- thinking about the words of that song. I'm not what I used to be. My life's been changed. Aren't you thankful for that? Goodness, where would you be without the blood of Jesus? And to me, that's something worth getting excited about and maybe saying an amen once in a while. I like that. That was a great song. Thank you, teenagers. I've sung that one many times by myself in the shower. <laughs> but uh, I uh, love that song. Thank you, teen. I always love to hear the teens sing. That was great. Well, I want to get you out there so you can experience a Chicago dog. You've heard about it enough over the past week and a half, but, uh, and uh, I'm thankful for our deacons and those that are working tonight to get all, all that done for us. But uh, take your Bibles, if you would, and we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 11 tonight. Proverbs chapter 11, and um, a little warning for you. This is going to be, uh, for some of us, a little bit of a shot in the heart here in this message tonight. Hopefully, we let the Holy Spirit do some work in us about this. And it's about just a, uh, a, simple, a simple thought this evening. But we're going to look at a couple passages of Scripture and uh, see what God says about a particular topic. Then I'll give you a couple thoughts at the end. And we'll enjoy some fellowship after the service. But uh, just keeping in mind, and I want to keep in mind, though I am starving right now. I don't know why I'm so hungry. I really want something, I, probably because I've been limping and just carrying around a, 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 this wooden leg, what it feels like for the past week, burning all these calories. But this is the most important part of the message, the preaching of the Word of God. The most important part of the service is the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, just to update you, because the doctor told me to, um, I went to urgent care this afternoon, not because it was an urgent need, just because I was wanting to get answers. You ever do that thing where you go online and you Google your symptoms? I don't do that. I'll never do that. And uh, I went online and uh, just I was, trying to, I was trying to research how to heal a calf injury, you know, because this thing is just lingering. It's just painful every single day. And, uh, and I didn't want to hear anything about me being old. I didn't want to see anything. But I clicked on this video of these two guys. They're like the most famous sports doctors on the Internet is what they call themselves. You know, they're like in their 60s. And, and, uh, and so the whole thing was about how you probably have a blood clot and you're going to die. And I was like, Wonderful. That's what a hypochondriac needed to hear. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And, uh, and so um, I, I, uh, I was like, this is ridiculous. And so I said, you know what? At least they could tell me if I need to do some stretches or what. So I went this afternoon. And uh, while you were having a nap and may, or maybe a cup of coffee and a good time, I was sitting in urgent care doing work <laughs> on a piece of paper while I was waiting. Anyway, the doctor came in. He said, no, you, you, you know, it doesn't look that you have any problem with blood clots. Or, I said, what, what is, you know, is the need of surgery? Is it like detached from the bone? He said, if it was, you'd be in a different place right now, and you'd be in a lot of pain. And uh, I've been to see him before, and he's, he knows that I'm a pastor. And so he said, pastor, you're all good. He said, tell the congregation and keep spreading the good word, brother. They need it. They need it. And I was like, all right, I'll tell them what you said. So, uh, you know, I'll let you know what the doc said, okay? And he said, pretty much, he said, you, you, you angered your muscles and they're letting you know about it. So that's what's happening. So anyway, for those of you praying for my life to be saved from this calf injury, I'm going to be okay. All right. Chapter 11 of Proverbs. And I want you to look down at verse number one. 
And uh, the first three words are the title of the message. A false balance. That's what I want to preach about tonight. A false balance. Now look, if you would, there at uh, uh, the rest of the verse. A false balance is abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. What's this talking about? We're going to see tonight briefly, we're going to look at some things that show us about God's character and some things that he expects from us. So we're going to see that. Let's pray together as we dive in here. Father, we thank you so much tonight for your incredible goodness to us. Thank you so much that we're under the blood. Thank you so much that we've been redeemed. Thank you so much that, uh, Lord, though Satan comes and hurls accusations our way as the song was just sung a moment ago, that we can remind him that they're under the blood. And we're so thankful tonight for that. And, uh, Lord, for the, for the doctrine of the, of the teaching of the word of God, of the blood of Christ that cleanses us from our sins. And so I pray that tonight, Lord, with that in mind and, and with scripture in mind and all of that, that you would just speak with us this evening and help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What's a balance? What's it talking about here? A false balance. You may be thinking, well, you know, keeping balance. The word balance, it means a set of scales. That's why you have the picture on the screen there. A set of scales. It was an implement used for weighing things where it was consisting of two pans. You've heard about the scales of justice and things of that nature. This is what it was talking about. In the old days, this is how they, they, they measured things. It was a standardized weight on one side, and you would have what you were measuring on the other. So if you were going to buy a measure of barley, and they would meet that out and put a standardized weight on one side and measure it out on the other. They do the same thing today, we're just more fancy. Okay, when I go to my carniceria to get my carne asada, which I said that right, and you know I did, don't make fun of me, but uh, when I go to get that good stuff, and the, and the chicken, which is like yellow. Some of you know the chicken I'm talking about. It was the Ruiz's that introduced me to this for like 14 years ago, and I've been ever grateful since. But uh, I, I'm, my mouth's watering right now just thinking about it. Anyway, but uh, when you go there, you see the guy putting the handfuls on the scale. Or, you know, if you go to Walmart and you go to self-checkout, which if you go to Walmart, why would you not go to self-checkout? What's wrong with you? Uh, you go, but you go to self-checkout, and you bring the bananas up and you, or whatever, and you put them on the scale there. You're, you're making sure that what you're paying is what it actually costs. And so in the old days, what some people would do, you won't believe this, it's hard to believe, that, that some people would cheat that system. Some people would get a weight that said it was a certain weight, but it wouldn't be. And when they were weighing things out for others, maybe it was lighter so that it looked like that they were getting what they were paying for or, or heavier depending on which way they wanted to scam somebody. But that's what happened if the weight didn't, it wasn't what it says it was. People were getting cheated out of it. Now, the scales were there in the commerce and in the economy there to prevent the buyer from being taken advantage of and to prevent the seller from being taken advantage of. That's what it was about. It was a thing of honesty. It was a thing of justice. It was a thing of integrity. And, uh, and, and that's what we're talking about here. You ever step on the scale at home? Or have you just stopped trying? All right? But uh, you step on the scale and you go, that's a lie. This is a false balance. I'm throwing it out. No, that's, that's not what we're talking about. It's different here, okay? And, and by the way, if that's true, it's not the scale that's cheating, you know what I mean? It's, it's the person. And uh, so the scales 
are, are, are indifferent, but people cheat other people. And so we're looking at a verse here, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And we're seeing here that these verses are dealing with cheating, greedy people, greed, dishonesty, deceitfulness, or hypocrisy. And I'll show you a little bit of that as we go along here, but let's get a better idea of what God is saying and look at some other passages just briefly tonight before I give you a couple quick thoughts. Look, if you would, at chapter 16 of Proverbs. Go a couple uh, chapters ahead here. Proverbs chapter number 16, and I want you to look down at verse number 11. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 11, just should be a couple pages over there. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 11, a just weight... A right, a right weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. You ever read that verse? Ever been confused by that verse? What's it talking about? The weights of the bag and, and all that. So let's take the first part there. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. What that's telling us is that honesty and justice is the Lord's idea. He was the one that instituted it. He was the one that appointed and ordained that there be justice, that there be honesty, that there be a, a, a fairness uh, in the world even. But what is it talking about the weights of the bag or his work? Okay, if you want to hold your place in the book of Proverbs, we're going to come back in just a moment and uh, go with me to one or, one or two other passages and we'll come back and stay here. Deuteronomy chapter 25. So what are we talking about here with the weights of the bag? Now, this is just an instance, if you were here for digging into the Word of God, this was just an instance of cross-referencing and looking back and forth to find out where these type of verses were mentioned. And as you do that, you can find an explanation for one verse in another passage of Scripture. I've been studying the book of 1 John in my personal Bible time, and I've told my wife, you know, every time I can't find an answer in 1 John for what does that verse mean, what God has shown me is to go back to the book of John, and John explains 1 John so clearly. And so comparing Scripture with Scripture is so important. That was just a side note for free. All right. Deuteronomy 25, look at verse 13. Thou shalt not have in thy bag diverse weights, a great and a small. Thou shalt not have in thine house diverse measures, a, a great and a small. So in other words, he's saying, look, you can't have in, in this bag that you use to store the stones that you use to weigh things, you can't have a big one and a small one and then pull it out whichever one uh, you want to cheat somebody with. And so if, you, if it helps you by putting a heavier one on there, then you pull that one out of it. The false balance there, it's cheating. It's dishonest. And God says, don't do it. Verse 15, but thou shalt have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and a just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. So what does that tell us about how God feels about dishonesty? What does that tell us about how God feels about cheating? What does that tell us about the character of our Lord and what he expects of us? I think it's pretty clear. A just weight and a balance. All the weights of the bag are his work. They're his idea. They're God's plan. That God ordained honesty and justice and fairness and equity and all of those things. That's what we're saying here tonight. So here's what the thing is. If we break that by being dishonest, 
If we break and violate those codes that God has laid down of honesty and justice and things of that nature, we are violating God's authority. We're violating God's authority. We hear things about these little white lies and things like that. We hear comments of this nature and how that didn't hurt anybody or you know, what, what the government doesn't know won't kill them or things like that. But you have vi- we, we have violated God's authority when we cheat, when we're dishonest. And I know many people here tonight, Pastor, I don't cheat. Oh, really? You play board games? Never cheated on a board game? Never moved a, a pe- uh, something a little bit further than it was supposed to be? When you played with your kids and you were losing, never cheated? Never did anything dishonest? Hmm. Go back, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, and uh, we'll stay in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 10, Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. Divers, what is that? Deep sea divers? What's this talking about? We would say diverse. We would put an E on the end. What the word here means is not so much different as unequal. Different in the fact that they are unequal. So unequal weights is what we're saying here. So chapter 20, verse 10 Unequal weights and unequal measures, both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. Look at verse number 23. Diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. So these unequal weights, these unequal measures. So cheaters, again, they would have one scale they used for buying and one scale they used for selling. You know, it would be lighter when they sold to say, oh, you're getting a full amount, but really it was light. Because they put the lighter stone on. And when they bought, you know, the heavier stone, things of that nature. So it it was all about cheating and scamming. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 35, the Bible says, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meat yard, which is meeting out, uh, measuring out uh, barley, things like that, uh, in weight or in measure. You should do no unrighteousness. So what what is all this saying? And what are we talking about here tonight? What we're saying is that God doesn't like cheats. God doesn't like scammers. God doesn't like deceivers. God doesn't like con men. He hates cheating. He hates greed. He hates dishonesty. He hates uh, deceitfulness. He hates hypocrisy. And, and, and it's hard to believe that, that there are people out there that scam other people. Isn't it just, isn't it hard to believe? No, it's not. They're everywhere. There are scammers everywhere. I say, I don't think so, uh, Pastor. I don't, you, you ever try to find an honest mechanic? Brother Titus, I'm seeing you up there, all right? He's an honest mechanic, I'm sure, all right? An honest, we, we, we ask other people these things, do you know an honest mechanic? Why not just say, do you know a mechanic? But, but we say, do you know one that's not going to cheat me out of a bunch of money? My sister one time, she bought a car, I think it was like a 1997 or 1998, she bought a car and she took it, uh, you know, she drove it for a, a couple months, she took it in to get the oil changed and something was making a noise or whatever, she said, so hey, can you just check it out and tell me and just do the oil change? The guy, came, the mechanic came back and said, I got to tell you, okay, we changed the oil, but your brakes are shot. Your brakes are shot, we got to replace them. And she said, how much? Uh, like, I think it's eight, 850 bucks. She said, hmm, that's funny, because I had them replaced three weeks ago. 
And the guy said, I'm sorry, my bosses make me say that. Wow. Dishonest. Okay. And so it, it, he said, well, that never happens. It happens when you take your car in. It happens. <laughs> no, but uh, these things happen. Uh, are there honest plumbers? Are there honest contractors? Yeah, there are. But there are many more that are just trying to make an extra buck. And, and what is that? That's a false balance. That, that's an abomination to God. God doesn't like that. He doesn't like people that are cheating other people. And, uh, and we'll come back to that a little bit. Have you ever picked up your phone? You thought you were waiting for a phone call. You picked it up and it says, scam likely? All the time. I tell you what, there is somebody in L.A. that really wants to scam me. Because at, just about every morning at 9 a.m., I'm getting a scam likely call from L.A. I think it's Brother Cole. I just click, click off it. But anyway, I'm just kidding. But the, you, you get those. And I'm thankful for iPhone. But before that, you'd answer the phone. Hello, can I, uh, you know, hello? Hello, is this uh, Eli Reynolds? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, uh, sir, your auto insurance policy, you know, your liability is expiring. And you need to get that warranty. I have a warranty. My car is a 1996. I'd make money if it broke down. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's just ridiculous. And it, there, there's all this type of stuff out there. You ever fallen for a scam? Some of you have, you know you have. Some, some, it's, it's these Instagram scams. It's uh, something on Twitter. Somebody calls the phone. Somebody comes by your door. We had somebody come by our door years and years ago, and uh, we, were, we were getting ready to get internet. So we thought, okay, we'll sign up. And this guy came in, and man, he, and I had done my research. I knew what I wanted. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll give you this price. I'll give you this. You're going to get a $100 uh, 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 Visa gift card in the mail for signing up today. Oh, man, he knew all the stuff to say. And I was out. I, I went through it, and I said, I want you to write it all down. So he wrote it down all over the contract, you know, and all this stuff, and he wrote his phone number down. And you know what? We didn't get the service we asked for. We got something else. And then the gift card never showed up in the mail. And so I got the guy's number, and I'm calling him, and just surprise, surprise, he never answered. Surprise, surprise, he never responded to the text messages. And it was just, you know, as if he was gone, you know, never to be found again. He must have been raptured, I guess, or something. What does God expect of his people? Let me give you a couple things tonight, and we'll be out there having some food and fellowship. What does God value in us? What does God expect? Number one, God expects honesty from you and me. Honesty. What I want to say about that is love the truth enough to say it. Love the truth enough to say it. Honesty. We live in a day where people have invented all kinds of ways to lie to you and to deceive you. And even within God's house, there are people that have a problem with lying and deceitfulness. You know, most Christians, we expect to be honest, but if I'm being honest, most Christians are not even honest in spiritual matters. You know, you could say, how, you, how are you really doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you spiritually? Never better. And, and, and sometimes we're afraid to admit a mistake. We're afraid to admit a fault. And we're really disobeying biblical commands, like in the book of James, where it says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, and, but we don't want to show that we have any faults. Because if we do that, then there, you know, someone may think bad of us. Or if I have a fault, then I won't be able to serve. And if I have this, and, and, and we're not being honest. You're not fooling God. But we're trying to fool everyone else because we're not living honestly. We need honesty in our business. Are you honest at work? 
Are you honest in your, not in your business, but also in your personal life? It's sometimes it's easy to to be spiritual at church and and try to be honest at church, but we step into the world and we just adopt the philosophy of dishonesty. Dishonesty. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Do you deal in all your work and all your business, do you deal with honesty? With honesty. Or is there a false balance? Is there a just weight or a false balance? How about this? How about when you do your taxes? Why is it so quiet in here? Are you guys guilty? If not, give me an amen or something. Come on now. I'm going to think you're all guilty in your taxes. I'm calling up the IRS. How about when you collect a paycheck? Are you honest? What would happen if you went to your boss and said, to be honest, I worked, I got paid for eight hours, but I worked six. You should pay me for six. Because the other two, I was on the phone with family or working on a side project. Are you honest when it comes to your, to your work? You get paid eight hours? You work in eight hours? Well, I get paid salary. You, you get paid to work. Amen, Pastor. Thank you so much. God bless you. Are you working at work? Personal projects. Are you twiddling your thumbs? I wonder what I should be doing. Done work. Well, it goes for our staff, too. That goes for everybody here. Let's be, let's, if we're going to get paid an honest amount, let's, let's, make an, let's work honestly. It's good stuff. I like it. I'm going to continue preaching it. What about, uh, uh, I'll tell you a story. I, I read a, I'm reading a book from Admiral William McRaven, and uh, he was a four-star admiral. He helped capture Saddam Hussein, did all this stuff on 9-11. And uh, he was, when he was a young, he came out of the Marines, he was a, uh, he was a Navy SEAL, and uh, he was given a position in the White House um, under this captain that worked in the White House. And the, the captain went to a meeting, and, and the general stood up and asked him, and said, hey, about this budget, can you cut anything? And, the, and the, the captain said, yes, sir, we can actually cut a few things. And that was unheard of. And McRaven said, hey, that's the, they usually never budge an inch. And said, no, we need, every, we need every dollar of that budget. But the captain was honest. And so afterwards he said, Captain, can I just ask you, why did you, why did you backtrack on what you said? He said, because we deal here in honesty. And if you're not honest, you can't be trusted. He said, what you need to learn, Bill, is that the one thing, the one rule I have is that you be honest and you don't misrepresent the truth because the moment you do, you're no good to me and you're out. Honesty. God expects honesty. Love the truth enough to say the truth. Now, look, don't, you can say what you mean, but you don't have to say it mean. You can say, and, and by the way, not everything that comes to your mind you have to say. Well, I just got to tell you the truth. That uh, outfit is hideous. Okay, maybe keep your mouth closed. Okay, that, oh, that's the truth. Well, so not everything has to be said. But what I'm saying is, when we're dealing in business with things, we need to be honest. Not only is honesty something God values, authenticity. Authenticity is something that God values. And what I want to say about that is love the truth enough to be real. Love the truth enough to be real. To be the real deal. I'm not talking about what, what I would call internet real. Internet real is not real. Did you know that? You ever see these cell? I always laugh so much about like the pressure that is put on people just by pictures online. You can look at a picture online and see this, this perfectly happy couple, you know, in this perfectly set up space, and they're just so happy and drinking their coffee and talking to one another, or whatever it is, you know, and you feel like, well, I should be doing that. 
But what you don't see is when the camera's not taking a picture, they're screaming at the kids and cussing at them and saying, get out of the room, what's wrong with you? Let's take the picture. Oh, snap. Oh, so peaceful in our home. Yeah, right. It's internet real, which is fake, which is fake. I'm not talking about being internet real. I'm talking about being real, real. I'm talking about being authentic. You know, people... Uh, think of the bag of stones that we're talking about. They pulled one out, and that stone said it was a certain weight. Here's this stone. It weighs this amount of pounds. What I want to say is be what you say you are. Be what you, if you're a Christian, act like it. And be a real Christian. Be authentic. Don't feel like you've got to be somebody else. No, be you. Be who God made you to be. But be the best version of that. And be authentic. Be real. Be real. That's what we're talking about here. Honesty. Authenticity. Number three, I want to say this. God expects integrity. God expects integrity. Love the truth enough to do right. Love the truth enough to do the right thing. Even when nobody's watching, even when there is no oversight or accountability, love the truth enough to do right when no one's there. John Wooden, of course, the great coach over here at UCLA, probably had a few Dodger dogs himself, right? Or these LA dogs. But, but uh, John Wooden said, the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one's looking. It's a good statement. Billy Graham, you ever heard of that guy? Billy Graham said, when character is lost, all is lost. J. Oswald Sanders, a great preacher of years ago, said the true expression of Christian character is not in good doing, but in God-likeness. I like how Job, the Bible says a couple times, God said about Job that this happened to him and this happened to him, yet still he hold, holdeth fast his integrity. He didn't compromise his integrity even when everything around him was falling apart. Your character, God expects character and integrity from his people. Did you know that one spring night, this, this will blow your mind, there was one spring night in April of 1987. On one night... Seven million U.S. children disappeared overnight. Seven million. And on one April night in 1987, you say, well, what happened, Pastor? Was it like the, the biggest kidnapping spree ever? No, seven million children disappeared on April 15th. You know what April 15th is? Tax day. And what happened? Oh, the IRS changed the rule. They changed the rule that said when you list dependents starting on April 15, 1987, you had to list their social security numbers too. And so that, what happened that day? That day, 7 million children just disappeared. Why? They never existed. People lied. People claimed dependents they never had. 7 million. That was, that was one out of every 10 children dependents in the United States at that time was a fake. One out of ten. <laughs> Our honest country that we have, right? It's so funny to me that people do things wrong and then blame the victim. Well, they shouldn't have made it so easy to cheat. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they should know better. Well, they should pay us more so I wouldn't have to cheat. There's no excuse for it. Or maybe we should just have more integrity and character. God expects honesty. God expects authenticity. God expects integrity. And lastly, God expects sincerity. God expects sincerity. What I want to say about that is love the truth enough to apply it to yourself. Love the truth enough to apply it to yourself. 
Sincerity is the opposite of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, you're not being sincere. You're being fake. You're doing something two-sided because you want to get an advantage. You're not being genuine. You're not being real. You're not being sincere. Hypocrisy is applying measures and weights to others that you do not apply to yourself. I'm sure that all those scammers and cheaters, when they measured other people's weights and, and their food and their grain and all that, they did not use those same weights to measure it for themselves. They were being hypocritical. You weigh, and, and so sometimes we can be hypocritical when we weigh the actions of others with one scale and weigh our own actions with another. The same actions, but in them, we judge them. But in us, we excuse it because, well, you know, the, the circumstances. God's looking for sincerity. God is not unequal. God's not unequal. We all get what we deserve in the end. We all get what we deserve in the end. God's not unequal. In the book of Daniel, the writing was on the wall. Remember that? Here's Belshazzar sitting in there, and he looks up, and, the right, and he sees a hand writing on the wall. Bible says his bowels were loosed. <laughs> He's just you, <laughs> wetting himself, probably, you know, just fearful. And the writing was on the wall. What was the writing? It basically said, you've been, found, you've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And God's going to take, take you out of this spot. And he did. God is a righteous judge with just weights. And when we're honest and when we're sincere and when we're, we have integrity and authenticity, maybe if no one else even sees, God sees that. But the opposite's true, too. If we live with dishonesty and deceitfulness and hypocrisy and all of that, God sees that, too. And his scales are just. His scales are right. By way of closing, can I just tell you that the scale for our doctrine is this book right here? This is the book. That's the scale for our doctrine and for our actions. That's what we look to to measure up and say, does my belief and do my actions measure up with what God wants? There's the scale. There's the scale. Go to it. Because in the book of Revelation, the Bible says, and the books were open and they were judged out of them. And this is one of the books. He's going to tell us, hey, look, you were given this. Now you're going to be judged by it. Here's your scale. So tonight... I think it would be a good thing for us to look into our own hearts and minds and say, am I dealing with honesty? Am I dealing with authenticity? Am I dealing with integrity? Am I being sincere? Our Father, tonight I pray you'd help us with this. Everyone in this room has told a lie. 